understanding what's happening in the reactor, what's happening in your smaller scale reactors, what's happening during your scale up and your screening. That's the data you probably really care about back to the environment. Hey, smart biotech scientists, welcome back. We are in the middle of a conversation with Tanner Neville, who was one of the primary inventors and developers of the Beacon Optifluid platform. Basically, you can do cell line development in a very small volume in nanopens. So if you haven't listened to the first part of this episode, go back and listen to it. And today, in the second part of our conversation, we're going to look at how you can supercharge your cell line development workflow, no matter you're working in a smaller company or in a bigger. And we're also going to look at how the cell line development will change and impacted by more complex modalities and other cells. Are you juggling the complexities of CMC development while trying to enjoy the beauty of biotech? Have you ever wondered if there's a way to simplify bioprocessing? Welcome to the Smart Biotech Scientist podcast, where we're diving headfirst into the very challenges you face. We're breaking it down, demystifying the jargon, and giving you the keys to unlock your full potential. I'm your host, David Broman, and I get it. With 15 plus years in the biotech industry, I face the same challenges you do. There's a way to simplify and streamline so you can remove complexity, you can skip trials and errors, deliver without delay your groundbreaking therapy to clinics at market, and still enjoy every single step. Do you want to learn how industry experts and I did it? Grab a cup of coffee and your favorite notebook and pen. Now is the time to take your bioprocessing game to the next level. Let's smarten up biotech. So you disrupted the cell line development space quite a lot already with your nanopens. It's quite a unique and a very out-of-the-box way of doing cell line development. So before we move into a bit more the tactical advice and then more the practical how you could take your cell line development to the next level, let's look ahead a bit about what other trends are coming and where the industry is heading and what kind of disruption do you see coming in the space? I think the big and obvious one is the revolution of AI. I was recently thinking about this just in terms of kind of all of our applications from, again, kind of back to antibody discovery, antibody engineering, cell line development. I sort of think we will be seeing more and more sort of in silico discovery, and especially in silico engineering. And I think with that, will come more quality attributes engineered in. And so what I think that may mean for cell line development is a need to kind of pull that this functional testing earlier and perhaps focused more on throughput being there may be a lot more things coming through that require materials for testing and qualification. Depends on where the testing is, but if it was up to me, I would utilize all that AI learning to engineer and create as many supposed valuable products. I would pull the cell line development process in, start with clones earlier, and pull that functional testing in and try and answer those questions faster. 
because I think by doing that, you're going to increase your throughput to take in more and more. I suspect some things will get easier, but I'm imagining other things will get harder. Molecules are going to get more difficult to play with, which I think brings in those kind of quality assays, especially with bispecifics, all the crazy multi-octopi or whatever. So that's why I think will probably be the most impactful on selling development. I suppose changes in regulatory could have some impact, but I, I don't really know what that may look like. That, as we know, very slow to change. But when it changes, it changes. <laughs> and to what extent do you think will AI enable to massively speed up this workflow and also to reduce the experiments or the number of clones you need to test? I kind of think that'll happen upstream and then will be kind of benefit from that. I do think something worth noting is right how and who will be winning here. I think we just need to have an appreciation for the winners will be the ones that have the most data, especially initially. So the big players will have a leg up. And I would say the small players should really be thinking hard about how they start collecting as much data as possible for the specific applications they want to improve upon. I think that's the unfortunate reality of AI is it's all about the data that goes in and the training that goes in. That's what dictates the quality out. Let's shift gear a bit and let's make this very practical and let's look at the nitty gritty of cell line development. And some of you who are listening, you're saying, well, this is great technology, but I work in a smaller company, in a smaller biotech, and we lack the process development knowledge or sometimes the manufacturing. So Tanner, what would be some strategies anyone could apply, no matter what kind of company they're working in, to increase the throughput and reduce also the overall cell line development duration. One of the things that's always impressed me about this field is the attention to cost and value. I suspect it just has to do with it. Cell line development is kind of on the critical path to an IND or to like it's much closer than say discovery, where you really have no idea if you're trying to discover something new, like predicting timelines and then something come out. And so you hedge your bets and you do a bunch of stuff in parallel. But when it gets to, th to this phase, like you need to understand how much money every day costs and what it means to get a little bit more yield out. So that would be where I would start is actually spend some time with some, some spreadsheets and some models and If you can understand that really well, and I know the big players are really good at this. They are so data-driven and they know exactly how much a day costs when it comes to, we're going from DNA to IND. They know how long that takes and how much every day costs. Small players and folks trying to get into this, I think should understand that very well. And then when it comes time to making decisions about, should I do limiting dilution or should I buy a beacon? or buy some other technology, you'll be informed to make those decisions. Because sometimes what may seem really expensive is actually <laughs> much cheaper in the long run. But again, it depends a lot of things. It depends on how many molecules you're taking through. What scalability do you need to have? That's, I think, the where I would go there. Kind of vague, but... Yeah, and now let's look a bit further because cell line development is only, let's say, the beginning or the middle, wherever you are actually are coming from. But then you have to take these clones into a bit of a larger scale where you do all kinds of different experiments, process development. And obviously, you want to be able to transfer that into the large-scale facility. So what have you seen people doing or what, from your perspective, how can we make this process more seamless? 
I will admit I'm probably not the expert. My my focus has really been on the kind of front end, right, of the screening. And then, you know, so that scale-up process is not something I can speak too intelligently on. But I do think tech transfer is a very difficult thing and oftentimes underestimated. So I think it depends a lot. If it's a handoff of a process from one facility to the next, that's one thing. But, you know, meaning, hey, we've developed this end-to-end process at this site and we just need to copy and paste it over here and they're going to do the same thing. That's one thing. But if you're actually sort of handing off from one group to a next, that's tricky. And that's something that's always we've struggled with, I think, in some extent, as we try and understand how folks go again. Back to the beginning, discovering an antibody all the way through getting material to create that treatment. There's a lot of handoffs from different groups, especially in big companies. And I, we can see a lot of stuff's lost. There's a lot of efficiencies to be gained. I think there's still a lot of room for significant innovation and disruption. Not only each of those individual areas, CLD, antibody engineering, antibody discovery, but actually in how those three things are strung together, especially when a big company has different works, handoffs. Handoffs are things get lost. Yeah, absolutely. Tech transfer is complicated and there's a lot of interfaces and a lot of complexity to manage. So we talked about AI before. Are there any specific tools, AI tools, machine learning tools, anyone could apply, let's say, to supercharge their set line development process? Are there some simple tools you can think of? I'm not aware of any. Are you aware of any? Because I'd be interested as well. No, actually not. That's why I'm asking the question. I was wondering if there's anything like a quick win or something, or if it's just up to us to develop something or to rely on some more fancy technologies. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it depends on kind of the size of your org. If you're lucky and you know, have a big org with a lot of the bioinformatics in place, again, those are the folks that are going to have a little bit of a leg up. Because in some ways, a tool only really be as valuable as the data you're building upon. And big companies recognize this, and so their assets are going to be their data. And so it'll be nice if we can start to see kind of like academic institutions starting to build these databases that can be shared. Like that's, I think, would hopefully be something that would benefit everyone. But in the short term, you're going to see the big companies with lots of data protecting their data. That's, again, the unfortunate reality. Yeah, and who says big data? would also say, well, it's gaining knowledge. I think that's key, that you understand what you're doing and what's happening in your reactor or in your nanopen. I think that's what changes the game, right? Yep. And I think, yeah, to that point, understanding what's happening in the reactor, what's happening in your smaller scale reactors, what's happening during your scale up and your screening, that's the data you probably really care about back to the environment. It's all about making sure you're screening for the right things at the very beginning so you don't have to scale up everything and test everything because that adds a lot of cost to the process. And how does this all change? Because now the industry is moving at a crazy speed with different modalities, much more complex molecules. We have the cultivated meats space. We have cell and gene therapy. You have seen all kinds of molecules. You're also in the discovery space. What changes or is it pretty much the same workflow no matter what modality you have or whatever molecule or cell you're working with? Yeah, in some ways it's the same, whatever the product is. I've always been interested in the whole function first concept. If we think somewhat of a traditional method for 
finding the needle in the haystack here's the best cell out of a large population of cells. It's typically been done in well plates, right, with pipettes or maybe robots, right? And you start with the cheapest, easiest screen first, and then you do the next one and the next one and the next one. And so it's a funnel. And oftentimes the most valuable assay or test is also happens to be the most expensive and you can't afford to do it on a stack of 10, 96 well plates. So you have to do all these kind of not very valuable down selection things so you can get down to one well plate or 12 clones, and then you do the really expensive assay. What we've been trying to do is actually miniaturize all that. So skip all those low value assays and just go right to the meat. Do that first. So that's something I think is difficult to do, especially with some of these more complicated modalities. But I think that's where I would be focused if I was trying to come up with some new novel. I'd want to understand, let's carry a bunch of things through and scale up a bunch of stuff and then do the kind of quality assay. Do I have a bunch of incomplete parts that haven't assembled properly? I'd like to do that at the beginning, carry an extremely small number of clones forward and work on optimizing the process for those. Tanner, give us the biggest takeaway you want us to walk away from our conversation today. I think both this area, this field is still very ripe for innovation and disruption and change. And I know you kind of hinted that it is hard for this field to get entrenched with their existing processes and slow to change. But I've also seen this field be very data-driven. And I think, again, it's back to being on the critical path and understanding that stuff. And it may seem like nothing's changing, but when this field decides to change, I think it can change pretty rapidly. So I think that's one of my big takeaways from spending the past decade kind of understanding and trying to participate in this area is that with the right data, it will drive change because change is tied to, tied to money ultimately. But it is time, tied to the time to get that product on the market, as well as the yields and the quality and the safety. And in my mind, that makes this a very interesting, very, very interesting area, a very compelling area. Yeah, still lots of innovation ahead, definitely. So Tanner, where can people connect with you? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, or I think folks interested in, in the technology I was speaking of, we're now part of Bruker Cellular Analysis. So we used to be, originally it was Berkeley Lights. So the names have changed. That's very confusing. If you just search for Beacon, CLD, or CLD Beacon, that's the best way to get the information around that specific technology. And then if you want to find me, it's I'm easy to find on LinkedIn, just Tanner Neville. And I will leave the links down in the show notes. You can click on all that. You will find that easily. So thank you so much, Tanner, for being on the show today, for all your insights. Thank you for the innovations, for driving the satellite development space forward. It was a pleasure having you today. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. It's great to see you again. It's been a while. All right, smart scientists. That's all for today on the Smart Biotech Scientist podcast. Thank you for tuning in and joining us on your journey to bioprocess mastery. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. By doing so, we can empower more scientists like you. For additional bioprocessing tips, visit us at smartbiotechscientist.com. Stay tuned for more inspiring biotech insights in our next episode. Until then, let's continue to smarten up biotech.